Hello and welcome. If you're a social media user, you couldn't have escaped it. Tweets, memes, Instagram reels and other posts about the defamation trial involving actors Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, where Depp sued his ex-wife Heard for $50 million in a civil litigation in a Virginia court in the U.S., claiming she defamed him in a 2018 op-ed for the Washington Post, where she described herself as a public figure representing domestic violence and won. Live streamed online, the trial devolved into a frivolous source of entertainment, a 24-hour soap opera causing a social media hysteria that overwhelmingly supported Depp and publicly mocked Heard. Supporters of the actor Johnny Depp have come out of the woodwork to tweet hashtag justice served for Johnny Depp and to deride and humiliate Amber Heard so much so that the hashtag Amber Turd trended on Twitter. Heard became the punchline. But is the joke on us? Tonight on We the People, we're asking how the trial could impact other survivors with little power, no fame, and far less money than these celebrities in this case. We're questioning tonight what the public reaction to the trial and the verdict itself says about us as a society and how it could impact the fight against gender-based violence. Can memes about the Depp Heard trial can have real-life consequences? If you're wondering why we would focus a We the People on a court case involving Hollywood stars, I can only say it would be naive to dismiss this case as just celebrity gossip without trying to understand the ways in which people could be relating to what they are seeing. For many, this is personal. Let's start by introducing Pranjal Lasha. She's a photographer and a filmmaker. Pranjal, thank you for joining us. Pranjal, you've already spoken openly about your sexual abuse and violence at the hands of your partner on your social media accounts. But I want to ask you about how you've been doing over the past few weeks, whether you've tried to avoid hearing about the Depp Heard trial, uh, how it's affected you, if it's affected you, and you know whether it's caused you to relive some of what you've been trying to deal with. Um, uh, first of all, uh, I think I have to mention that, you know, uh, I also heard about everything that I heard about uh, this trial uh, through social media. So I was also one of those people who, you know, began with thinking that, oh, what, like, what has, uh, what has Amber Heard done? And uh, uh, then, you know, I, uh, like, I obviously had to, like, do some research and then, you know, kind of, like, follow up uh, on the case. I never saw any of the live interviews because I just couldn't. And um, I, I do remember that I was uh, down with flu uh, when uh, uh, my friend texted me and said that Amber Heard has lost uh, the case. And um, I think this is something uh, also because I've been talking about uh, my own personal trauma for almost a year now, uh, I mean, for a year now, uh, that I just thought that, you know, this is something so, first of all, personal. Uh, I mean, it felt like, you know, uh, now, whatever I fight uh, for, uh, I am not going to get it. Uh, I was anyway not getting it because, you know, uh, a lot of people think that my case is one of those relationship issues where, uh, you know, like uh, she's saying something and he's saying something. And although I'm just like clearly stating that it was violation of my consent and it was rape, but uh, people just, you know, tend to not, they basically tend to dismiss it completely, thinking that, oh, no, but, you know, they were dating. And... Um, after this happened, I just remember that I was lying in my bed and I just didn't want to move. I just wanted to just disappear uh, because I, I knew that, you know, now by now it's stated that nobody is going to believe you. 
and uh, whatever little chances that you had are gone because uh, people are just going to be like oh yeah she's trying to be the next aberhood and yeah it's it's uh, clearly personal uh, you know franjal uh, i can't imagine what it must feel like to have your worst fears playing out on a public stage globally but let me uh, ask you then you know domestic violence is an issue that is globally prevalent and the way amber heard's testimony and character has been vilified in this trial that has alarmed domestic violence campaigners everywhere how do you think you've talked about your personal experience a, a little bit on this but how do you think this could affect women who were considering or already afraid to report their abusers um um i think uh, anyway like you know uh, in a country like ours where uh, we can't uh, actually go to the police and say that oh, this happened with us uh and you know uh, first of all we uh, we are not always taken seriously and when we are you know like there's so much um humiliation involved um and given that you know now there's a uh, i i feel that there's going to be some sense of self censorship uh women are going to think that you know probably they just should not say anything uh because there's already uh, a statement that has been made uh so like you know whatever chances we had like whatever courage that was there uh is kind of sort of like uh diminished just by uh, you know this one trial and uh, clearly like you know i mean i'm sure that the the police might also not even know about uh, the trial like sure. i i don't sure. i don't trust the police to know about it but it's just that you know the system is such that uh, we're already scared and if uh, anything uh, you know like uh, if anything is left any any kind of like courage was left now we kind of like think about it uh, at home first that uh, do we really want to talk about it and probably then you know we will just kind of so this would just support. cement your worst fears this is of course uh, what happened with yeah. you when you went to the police thank you so much franjal yeah. for joining us and being uh, so open thank and candid about this and what you're saying is that you fear many victims of domestic violence mm. uh, would fear that if they shared their experience they would also be disbelieved shamed ostracized and if so that is an exceedingly problematic effect it is disheartening and it is very troubling in fact amber heard herself warned of this outcome after the verdict was announced she said she tweeted that it sets back the clock to a time when a woman who spoke up and spoke out we can just play out that tweet could be publicly shamed and humiliated she said so in a statement posted on twitter let's bring in dilip acharyan here pr guru uh, dilip thank you for joining us he's founder of perfect relations uh, dilip um, Uh, celebrity trials are rarely ever out of the public eye we saw the oj simpson murder trial from the 1990s it was a public spectacle it provided fodder for tabloids for years uh, and of course the dep legal and pr team has been applauded for pulling off a coup but it has been 30 years dilip cherian were you surprised to see the trite same old formula that we've seen in our hindi films in the 70s where the victims testimony and characters vilified were you surprised to see that or no i wasn't surprised the techniques are probably the same the stories and the narratives are almost exactly the same and what stands out in what has come through in the media and in the um the social media storm that has accompanied each step of it is that you know in any of these relationships it is unfortunately uh the length of the relationship the depth of the violence the heinousness of the abuse which 
sometimes takes center stage. What is not taking center stage is the whistle blowing, the mm-hmm. need to set, um, you know, to draw the red lines uh, in time to make sure that public exposure is not limited to the time when matters get to such a point where it gets to the court. You know, uh, what appalls me is that really impressive and big names in Hollywood are showing us the mirror, as it were, as a society Mm. that, you know, you complain far too late. You only provide evidence when things have gone out of hand. You can't say that the police in Hollywood works according to the same standards as the police, say, in a country like India, where the where the uh, tradition of patriarchy and the strength of it is perhaps a lot more. So I think that it surprised me to the extent that uh, you have a situation where powerful voices like Amber chose to be quiet for so long, and I'm not holding that as a fault. I'm just saying that it makes the situation for everybody else seem far worse because if her then I what about to, um, a person who's not so I don't well want to digress from the topic Dilip Cherin but she, this case she I don't know if she was quiet for so long because the case about the abuse came up in the UK courts this was a case about defamation that's why it came up much later so the what's problematic here is that nobody is arguing whether he violated her Everybody assumes and understands that he did because according to the court's ruling in the UK, he did. The problem here is, why did she speak about it? The problem here is a defamation case. But Dilip Charan, I want to ask you, uh, some have suggested that the antipathy towards herd could be a backlash to the Me Too movement, a pushback. That there's a, you know, this pro-Johnny Depp contingent is this long-simmering men's rights activists uh, who were uh, subverted and now they're driven online and that whole movement has been co-opted by his fans. Your thoughts? You know, if one if one looks at the social media trends which happened during this, uh, it is almost the kind of anger that you hear in Indian courts and in Indian social media in the undergrowth about the kind of laws we have in India vis-a-vis, say, for example, dowry. That the fact that the woman's complaint is taken and the boy's uh, complaint is never heard and his parents are often usually also equally victims with him. Of course, they are equally perpetrators of the crime. But the fact is that there we sometimes as, um, as media and as people analyzing it, don't see the trends that are you know, bubbling beneath the surface. And I agree with you that that is a correct conclusion to reach, that there has been a pushback to the Me Too movement. And it is going to be damaging to the cause mm-hmm. of genuine grievances. You know, uh, I'm, I'm not uh, of, the, of the view that there were no grievances on either side. But I think that we have to recognize that it is time to empower the woman, but in such a way that the male voice does not become a backlash effect, which is equally dangerous for any society.
sure. Though I'm not sure if it's a trend or maybe a one-off or you have fewer cases where men are the victims of abuse. It's certainly not a pandemic like it is uh, where women face abuse on an everyday basis. And the statistics have shown there are very few women who can live Agreed. their lives Agreed. without Agreed. being victims of abuse. But let me bring in Gopal uh, Shankar Narayan, a senior advocate of the Supreme Court of India, Nandita Rao, advocate in the Delhi High Court, Rohita uh, Naharese Shetty, associate editor at Swaddle, who works with issues of gender and social movements, and Trisha Shetty, a gender equality and human rights advocate and the founder of uh, She Says. Uh, Trisha Shetty, to you first, I want to just put across that question I'd, uh, I'd uh, put uh, to uh, Dilip Cherin, that many are saying this was only to be expected, there would have been a blowback to the Me Too movement. Then we must ask why, right? Because what did the Me Too movement represent? The Me Too movement for me represented women standing up in solidarity who have been silenced for so long. It is not that they chose to remain silent. They were systematically silenced. When they went and complained to HR, their complaints were ignored. They were fired from their workplace. They went through malignment on media that they are difficult to work with, right? So the women who had been silenced for so long and let down by the systems of justice that one is expected to go to to seek recourse, bandied together on social media when they shared their stories. And of course, these perpetrators don't stop with harassing just one survivor. There is a pattern because they know they get away with bad behavior. And the women came forward and then more women came forward. And then it was a deluge of truth that was too hard to ignore anymore. We were slapped across our faces with the truth of the lived reality and experiences of women. Mm. And what does that do? It disrupts status quo. For the first time, we saw men in positions of power being called out. Men who never thought they would have to relinquish their positions of power, their job, who would have to be called out on bad behavior, were called out, had to face financial repercussions, had to face workplace repercussions. And we saw a disruption. What does this lead to? This leads to people who like the way status quo is maintained, who like reaping the benefits of patriarchal systems, not being okay with it. This is not just exclusive to sexual abuse. This, this is unfortunately what women have had to deal with from time efficiency. Well, I think that, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I mean, you were talking about, uh, uh, you know, how it sets a precedence and how there's a system in place. We're talking about, I want to just open this up into what this verdict, what this trial, uh, what the real life ramifications of this could be. So Gopal Shankarnara and you first, could this verdict open up the floodgate then to more defamation claims against accusers? Because that's another concern, that it's going to embolden men who have similar accusations against them to make similar claims for defamation, the logic being that a best defense is a good offense. Um, I don't think there's anything particularly new here. Uh, what we have seen is the outcome of a trial which took place before a jury in the United States and the verdict that was delivered. Now, unfortunately, I think too much is made out of how social media regards this. You should be actually looking at how lawyers and experts on this who have watched the trial proceedings, seen the evidence that has come out, seen how it was presented before the court and seen how it was con considered by a jury of the peers actually looked at it. I actually watched that trial every single day of it later to the night. And it was very clear to me as a lawyer that uh, Amber Heard was not able to make out a case of domestic abuse, at least based on the evidence which was produced before the American courts. Hmm. I think most people, even laymen who saw that, would have come to that conclusion. 
Now, in my view, linking this to Me Too, saying that this is having an impact on Me Too, particularly in India, I think is too much of a stretch. And I think we shouldn't be placing too much stock by uh, the, the social media. The reason I say this is this, that in India, we have seen, for example, the defamation case by a former cabinet minister, MJ Akbar, very powerful in the media as well, filed against Priya Ramani. He lost, right? So in the Indian courts, a case like that came as, as at least at the first instance, uh, he came to grief trying to uh, make make an allegation that this was false. We have seen similar instances with very, very prominent people, Mahesh Murthy, Nana Patekar, Sajid Khan, allegations against all these people. We have seen Phantom Films disbanded. We have seen All India disbanded. We have seen the impact of the Me Too movement in India, and it's been massive. <clears throat> I agree with what your panelists have said. It's been incredibly empowering. I think it has had a severe impact, and it sent out a very strong deterrent message. I agree with Trisha when she says that in most of these cases, it's a question of pattern. That was the main singular fact which was missing from the Depp case. It held true for Weinstein. It held true for uh, Cosby. It held true for most of these other people that found loads of people coming out and saying, me too. This happened to me too by this, uh, this, this person who had perpetrated all of this. So I think the important thing now, at least messages that we have, is that there will be a due process that will be followed. Women at least are now aware that, look, we need to have some sort of evidence, perhaps, before we mm. just make an allegation or maybe at least get two, three other people, hopefully, who will come out and speak out, which which has happened very often in the past. And I think also, importantly, we have to bear in mind that there may be people who are making allegations which are false and a court will follow due process and give a verdict on that, which is what has happened in this case. Whether we like it or not, social media is not where we go to find the truth. We go to courts if we have faith in the system mm. and we come to conclusions there and see what those conclusions are. The English court, as you know, said that there was no defamation by yeah. Sun newspapers. Yeah. A completely different strategy was followed in the American courts where they decided to sue Amber Heard herself. And it was a and jury in there. In the UK, it was one judge. Correct. So many factors played against Amber Heard. The fact that it was uh, in Virginia, not in California where they reside. The fact that it was a jury, not uh, the, the lawyers who were fighting the case. And the fact, of course, that the, the, the judge decided to publicize or have open televisions in court. Nandita Rao, so anti-gender violence work has been a movement for decades, if not centuries. It will continue. It can't be derailed by one case, says uh, Gopal Shankar Narayan here. But uh, do you think, you know, the result of this case, I mean, has it? Um, in a sense, brought out the worst in in people, in us as a society. It's revealed the trivialization of domestic violence. This, you know, it's turned this whole alleged domestic violence uh, uh, accusations in, into a joke. Uh, yeah, so first I, uh, I do agree with uh, Gopal. He's right in saying that I think we should be very proud of our trial courts in India that in the Priya Ramani case uh, connected to Me Too, the court in a very progressive judgment said that the fundamental right of a woman to uh, you know, speak about her experience and her the sexual violence she suffered is uh, far greater in importance than anybody's reputation. And uh, I think the second point that the Indian judge, the trial court judge said, was a very self-reflective point that the Me Too movement started 
because women did not get the support or the justice from the justice system or the commercial corporate mainstream media the reason why women uh, went on to the social media and uh, you know sort of started this social media trial against these men is because they did not have access to a faith in the judicial system yes. so in that context i would like to say that this amber hearst trial has shown that the judicial system all over the world has not done a gender audit of itself despite me too me too has proved that these women were actually telling the truth and hundreds were coming out of the woodwork saying me too me too so if i were a judicial system i would say look why did they not have confidence in me to come to the court why were lawyers not affordable to them and i would do a gender audit now in india i find since 2015 commercial litigation has been prioritized you know special divisions for commercial litigation time bound trials easy access to justice but human rights cases women's rights cases they are just uh, you know sort of taking the same old 10 years 15 years mm. uh, you know heavy uh, uh, court fees so i think somewhere amber hearst case that even domestic violence victims are now turning to the media mm. uh, and not feeling uh, you know like if they if she could have gone to a domestic violence court instead she chose to uh, share her story in the media and uh, you know she faced this defamation so i i do think that the me too movement has shown the mirror not just to social patriarchy but to the yeah. judicial system now as far as coming answering your question sorry to uh, you know get diverted but uh, you see misogyny is there in our society patriarchy is there in our society so uh, when you get into a media trial now a social media trial uh, the, the problem with media trials is they are based on emotions they are based on a herd mentality so you can't always control them and they are not always just so uh, when this whole thing started there was a lot of sympathy for amber hearst but as the trial continued uh, i mean it became a spectator sport as some have said and everybody you know based on their emotions were passing judgments but and uh, you know then nobody wants to disagree it contradicts uh, you know, but wouldn't are, it be counter effective then because then women will fear going to social media on one hand we're saying that the system yes. doesn't support us so we have to step out and go to social media yes. but now we're saying yes. like you should fear certainly going to social media or writing an editorial or anything like that because you'll be slapped with a defamation case absolutely that that's a that's a genuine and legitimate fear and in india uh, i mean you you are not only scared of a defamation suit you you never know i mean in other contests you may have a sedition case against you you may have anything so freedom of expression has been limited by these uh, you know bullying uh, litigations and for that reason i don't agree with mr dilip cherian who said that you know the america is more feminist then india i think if you read the priya ramani judgment i applaud and salute the judiciary that uh, he was so forward thinking he said look this is her truth this yeah. is her reality yeah if yeah okay but right your version sure uh, you know okay. so, uh, so while i do think see reputations are important 
and there are commercial there are career consequences yes. uh, to any of us to women yeah. too yeah. but when you when you talk of a power imbalance between men and women and you do understand that the judicial that has to be taken the power imbalance has to be taken yes, into account yes, of course yes, and of course the age difference yeah. between them too but yeah, i i want i also have rohita narahari shetty here with us you've written about this rohita and you say there's a virulently misogynistic undercurrent to the mimification uh, of uh, herd's testimony right many taking delight in her missteps etc what did you mean by that so um firstly thank you for inviting me and what from what i've seen in this trial there's three main factors that are intersecting right it's, it's, and they all have to do with internet culture the first is fan culture and the way uh people sort of resort to celebrity worship the way that plays out on social media and there's also an interesting other side to it which is anti fandom which is what uh, we we saw in this case and it's not so much and they kind of overlap right fandoms and anti fandoms it's um what we saw in this case is that it's not so much to support Johnny Depp or in order to support Johnny Depp you had to vilify Amber mm, Heard and it. then there's also um meme culture and there's been a lot of research and studies to show that memes are a particularly insidious tool to dehumanize communities and there's a term for it called irony poisoning where you use irony and humor to dehumanize an entire community to normalize dangerous rhetoric and we've seen this with incel subcultures with neo nazi subcultures uh things like that and then lastly as you as you pointed out yourself there's a lot of pent up anger against me too that's been building up over the years since its height um and a lot of men right activists have taken this time to show up a narrative that men are really victims of uh scorned women who yep. try to defame men so it's kind of like a perfect storm of all three of these factors and the fact that the trial was also televised it allowed the yeah. trial to be uh turned into content in and given time. the technology that we live in the world of technology that we live in today everything gets magnified way more than it did in the past well thank you all for joining us it was open season to have a go at amber heard she became the punchline but is the joke on us uh, the, that's uh, what we have on uh, we the people today thank you for joining us i just want to end by saying it's important to stand by uh, anyone uh, whether whatever your gender if uh, uh if irrespective of gender a victim of abuse has to be treated uh, uh, the way they're treated has to change and it's a reminder of perhaps why we need the me too movement in the first place it should be a moment to push us for more structural change to the systems that are uh, stacked up against us thank you for joining us bye bye